Hey everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bonellis, your host, and this is episode 69. Let's get started. Yeah, started 69ing. Okay, first we're going to open up with stoner moments. Uh, let's see here. First, I wanted to say thank you everyone so much who reached out and uh, gave me their thoughts and feelings about the last episode. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I... I wholeheartedly believe that children deserve cannabis medicine just as much as adults deserve cannabis medicine on a daily basis as needed. And I didn't really discuss a couple things like the recreational use by teenagers um, because, I mean, in the end, no, I'm not going to fight for teenagers to be able to get high on pot. But in the end, if I really have to choose between my teenager going after booze, cigarettes, or weed, you better fucking bet your ass I'm picking weed. To me, the point was kind of moot. Kind of the same thing as the likelihood of children getting into or using cannabis because of legalization. I think that it being non-toxic, it being treated pretty much as dehydration when it is an issue, And the fact that there have been a lot of studies that have kind of debunked it as a true danger to society, um, I I just didn't really feel like it was worth my time. I I wanted to get angry and and righteous about other things. So yeah, and don't take my word for those studies. I will put up some links when I get around to it. Obviously, this, if you are a dedicated listener or are listening this week, you may have noticed that This episode is very late, and I kind of warned you a few weeks ago that I might have to start releasing on a Friday, and that time definitely came this week. I I got all behind. Monday was just a big old mess. First, the Grow From Your Heart podcast was two hours long, and I was like, oh my God, I have so many things to do, but it's just maybe a little bit, and the next thing I know, it's two hours later. Fantastic episode. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. And then I've also decided to kind of commit myself to educating my city council about cannabis and Prop 64. And I thought I could do that really easily in the public commentary this week at the beginning, but it was at the end. There goes another three hours from my life. Voila. I mean, that was just the start of the week. So you can see how I'm already just a full day behind. So thanks for waiting for it. I hope it's worth your while. I mean, it is episode 69. So, (laughs) all right, uh, let's see here. Next thing. Oh, next stoner moment was I wanted to say thank you so much to the anonymous five-star raider in iTunes. I did see that. You did not go unnoticed, and it is very much appreciated. If you would like to leave a rating in iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere that you find the podcast and can leave a rating, I would very much appreciate that. I personally listen to my podcast primarily in iTunes. So that is where I tend to notice the ratings. And also it is the the engine that has the biggest audience. So it is kind of where a lot of the ratings do the most good if you wanted to to pay it forward a little bit for me and help others discover the Spliff podcast too. But moving on into the last stoner moment and going back to the Grow From Your Heart podcast, it was 
fantastic, very lady-centric episode this week. I did like that. I had Granny and uh, the Traveling Stoner, and they were all using suppositories, and it was a very open and very fun and stony podcast. And I have to say that and one you should be listening to. And but then I also have to say that suppositories have just kind of really been popping up all over in my life lately. And uh, I mean, from the Grow From Your Heart podcast and uh, the Cannabis Health Radio podcast keeps talking about suppository use. And I want to talk a little bit about that. One of the the hosts on there, the female host, Corey, she often will tell people to use the Rick Simpson oil, that is the RSO, as a suppository in order to avoid the paranoia and the and the uh, euphoria of over medicating, and and what she suggests is that people use the RSO as a straight suppositive. And I I wanted to do some investigating into what exactly she was suggesting to these people. And she is suggesting that they use that grain of rice size dosage of RSO directly into the sphincter area as a suppository itself. Don't mix it with coconut oil. Don't mix it with cocoa butter. Don't mix it with anything. You're just going to apply it as a suppository, just that little, it's going to look like a little poop going back up in your butt. That's what it's going to look like. It's hilarious. Okay. I'm going to be an adult about this. But here's the other thing is that when she was using it, she was using it for an anal cancer. And she really, really increased the bioavailability when she applied the RSO rectally. So her body was able to use a lot of those cannabinoids directly at the site where they needed it most, probably thereby having fewer cannabinoids actually released into her system. Uh, That's my theory anyway. When you don't have a good bond to help the metabolism through the liver and you have a reason for the cannabinoids to remain in the area you place them, I just don't think you're going to uptake them as much. And so that might be an answer for a lot of people, but I still think that a lot of other people are going to get really high if they put any kind of cannabinoid concentrate in their rectum. So it certainly isn't a non-psychoactive way. Non-psychoactive gets thrown around incorrectly all the time, but it is a way to lessen the psychoactivity significantly for a lot of people, if you want to medicate with the RSO and you find that the euphoria is too, too much for you. But so with all of the suppository talk this week, I, I know I was really enlightened and I kind of bumped up my soothing Sue suppository use lately. And in the spirit of being with the Grow From Your Heart podcast crew, I'm using a suppository right now. It is non-psychoactive, truly non-psychoactive because it is a soothing soothe. But the anti-inflammation that goes directly towards my hip area is so, oh, it is, it's like being in my 20s again. It feels like being in my 20s again, you guys. I just, I started using the suppositories on a regular basis at night before I go to bed. I insert a suppository 
And I haven't been going to yoga since the beginning of the year. I've really kind of slacked on that. I decided to stop taking the mushrooms around the same time. And I've just kind of been letting myself readjust. It's been torturous, but I'm really starting to feel like I'm finding new direction again right now. I'm feeling rejuvenated. I made it back to yoga. Uh, and I'm really, really looking to move forward. And the Soothing Sue suppositories, the THCA more helpfully suppositories, really help loosen up the the tightness in my hips in a way that I have not felt for the last 10 to 15 years. I mean, I used to be able to twerk way before we ever fucking called it twerking. I mean, that was just a booty pop when I was doing it. And then I wasn't able to do it like between uh, a bunch of injuries, childbirth, and a sedentary lifestyle, specifically with a bunch of office jobs. I really lost a lot of the mobility that I had in my hips that I was really proud of. Actually, that really was kind of a, a defining thing for me in my youth, uh, being able to dance and shake my hips and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I've got my own song and dance. Ghetto booty, ghetto booty. What's up, Amanda? And I, I missed that. And in the last week, by using the Soothing Soos regularly and combined with the yoga, but I have to say, even just on its own, I've been able to twerk. I've been able, I've been dancing like a crazy person. I have busted out some dance moves and some squats that I have not seen in a long time. All right. It has been tremendous. I just, and I do couple it with the yoga. Uh, you know, I do couple it with uh, stretching. And even when I wasn't going to yoga classes, I was still practicing stretching and yoga meditation within my own home, not as long and as disciplined, but I still made a point to not exclude some sort of practice in my day. And I'm really, really big about keeping my hips as loose as possible. They, they've been pretty loose considering like in the grand scheme of things, I guess. But there's like the very, very like joint area where it's just super intense to get it stretched. The, uh, the THCA suppositories have really been going to town and just releasing things overnight. So I don't even have to deal with it. And I just wake up super loose. I can jump out of bed in the morning. I am jumping. I literally jumped out of bed this morning. It was incredible. <laughs> so yay for suppositories. Another great way that you can use suppositories or a side effect of suppositories that leads us into our main thing. Yeah. Ooh, doo, doo, doo. Episode 69. We're going to talk about marijuana and sexy time. Now, there are two things that really go into sexy time with cannabis or without the mental game and the physical game. And some people find that just smoking cannabis or using it as an edible, however they prefer to use cannabis in what might be considered a recreational fashion, that in and of itself can increase their level of horniness. It increases their their de overall desire. It increases how desirable they feel. It can be a really good ego booster. 
And this doesn't come down to just indica or sativa, though it is primarily motivated by THC-based strains. Very few CBD strains or CBD-dominant strains are going to push that level of uh, aphrodisiac uh, out of the, the cannabis plant. But depending on your own preferences, you might need to relax out of your mind. So a nice indica could totally put you in the best mental state to loosen up and explore. Whereas other people might find that the body tingling sensations of a sativa really kind of get them excited on a level that they wouldn't normally achieve right away. And that can go whether you're smoking it, vaping it, using a tincture, or an edible. But a lot of people don't consider topicals a recreational application of cannabis. However, this can definitely be one of those recreational activities. But here's the thing, is that because women are so less likely to enjoy sex and can often have so many complications because of sex and because they also don't really have any good, and I shouldn't say don't really, they don't have any good pharmaceutical options on the market if you don't have this one very specific condition that can be dealt with in order to to combat that, unlike men who have, I think, like over 20 options to deal with ED, which almost always deals with their mental game and very rarely their physical game. Add on to the fact that cannabis as a recreation, whether sativa or indica, per person in every individual use can go anyway. Oh my God, I'm throwing on so many variables right now. What I'm saying is that sensual cannabis oil can really help the ladies. And in a way that transcends recreation, in a way that actually kind of makes it a medicinal thing. So I'm going to jump in and out of... Uh, the medical like patient mind state and the stoner mind state throughout this whole thing. But in the end, everybody deserves orgasms and they are just like cannabis, the thing that is fun and healthy for us all. Yay! Now, of course, there's going to be exceptions to every rule. So men, if you, or women, if you have a lower blood pressure, uh, specifically though, men, you might find that you're not having quite so hard a time of things. If you do experience low blood pressure or low blood pressure problems and are trying to use cannabis, uh, through vaping or edibles, smoking, it probably will lower your blood pressure even more eventually. And you could find that down the line, you're actually not enjoying yourself as much as you thought you would. But there are other options that you can use. Going back to the suppositories, oftentimes you can find that an increased libido is a side effect of using THC-rich suppositories. And personally, I find that it's more likely with a sativa suppository than an indica suppository, but it goes back to your personal biochemical individuality and how that whole thing works for you. But using the suppositories in that way will also get you high. So going back to what is commonly known as cannabis lube, weed lube, or pot lube, but is more correctly identified by the stranger in an article I will link to as sensual cannabis oil, 
fantastic article by The Stranger, using a cannabis oil could numb or enhance the whole vulva and the vagina. So since this isn't a lube and it is being used to enhance the sensation or to to numb out sensation, just to make sex in and of itself more pleasurable, you want to apply it before you're actually going to be having sex. Most women find that 10 to 20 minutes before they're actually going to engage in sex is an adequate amount of time for it to get their juices flowing better, for it to get their body a bit more relaxed and into it, which then prepares their mind for it a little bit better. Of course, if you can smoke some weed too, if that's uh, your kind of game, it's all going to be even better after that. But it does mean that there's going to be some planning and some preparation that goes into it. So one of the things that you can do is if you're curious about it, you might want to test it out alone, or you're going to want to test it out with a good partner, somebody who is willing to take their time and with whom you can actually plan some sex and someone who you've actually talked to about it because their body could also be affected by using this this cannabis oil in a sensual way as well. You guys won't get high, but going back to the use of topicals and the way that the skin as an organ can react, you are agitating the largest organ in your body, and that could create a full body response. And that includes even if the guy is just getting around his dick junk area, you know what I'm saying? And then no matter what kind of oil it is, or even if you decide to go with the glycerin, which we'll talk about soon, you want to make sure that if there's any oral sex being had, uh, that the person, again, is aware and understands how the edibles work within their body, how cannabis is going to affect them if they actually ingest it on these these smaller doses, depending if you're getting a retail product or making your own, could be higher doses. Now, the good news is you do have options. It doesn't have to be a high THC because it can go back to actually having a medical condition behind it. THCA could be extremely helpful in and getting rid of any pain that makes sex difficult to have if there's an inflammation problem. Soothing Soothes did start out as a sensual cannabis oil, a sensual massage oil specifically. And it's just been through the miracle of cannabis that it's also able to be used in all these different ways, along with the foresight of Sue and her partner to keep it really as pure as possible. So, but that also means that when it comes down to if you do have conditions or if you do find sex difficult, if you aren't just trying to get a little bit different of an experience in the sack, CBD could be the best answer for you. So you might want to definitely play around if you find that THC is bothersome or isn't the answer to what you need using THCA, CBD, maybe even the CBDA, though that could be, I mean, for me, that was a little intense. I'm not sure how that, I wonder how that would be for a cannabis sensual oil, actually. Hmm, questions. Uh, But 
Other important things to remember if you are using the sensual cannabis oil is that oil is not condom friendly. Another reason why you want a good partner, if you're going to be experimenting with this and playing around, you really need to have someone with whom you can play without prophylactics. If you are looking for something that is a little bit more condom friendly, or if you are someone who can't use coconut oil, you do have a glycerin base option that you can try. Uh, some women find a lot of problems with glycerin too, whereas coconut oil can lead to different infections or allergic reactions. The glycerin can cause uh, its own allergic reactions. It can also cause yeast infections. Um, there are ways that you can make a glycerin base and then thin it down into a silicone or a water-based option, but you're still using glycerin in the end. You could try just taking a distillate and adding that to a silicone or water-based lubricant that you already have. I have no idea if it'll emulsify. I have no idea if it's going to increase its bioavailability or if it's really just going to kind of help you place some cannabinoids there and if it's going to soak into the skin at all. But it seems like a really valid option to me if you're just trying to get cannabinoids closer to the cervix and the uterus and and really kind of entice all of those things to to settle down and play for a little while. I mean, if you try it, please, for the love of God, let me know. Uh, and then you could always use cocoa butter too, if uh, you uh, are interested in that. Uh, they all have their their issues, the cocoa butter, the the glycerin, the coconut oil. None of them are perfect. Uh, especially for those with really particular needs who might be extremely sensitive to a lot of things. I do hope that it gets better. The nice thing is that the cannabis industry is very female positive when it comes to sex right now. And it is a woman's best option if she wants to look at a way that isn't a traditional method for kind of really trying to focus on her own pleasure uh, and out of this whole thing. So, and a lot of women do find that they are able to focus more on their own pleasure when they use these, these sensual cannabis oils, because it is so invigorating to their genital area. So yay. Now, just like the suppositories, gentlemen, if you and ladies, if you want to be using this anally, you are either going to have to be using a THCA or you want to be using CBD if you are looking for a mild or no psychosis. Because if you use the THC anally, you could induce an actual stone. In actual, you will be stoned. It's going to actually get into your blood system, potentially metabolize through the liver and create a very mild form of psychosis that some people could find enhancing the experience. So you do you, boo. Of course, there are other ways that you can use it too, ladies. You could use it to enhance the sensation in your breast area or to numb the sensation in your breast area if that's what you're looking for. Of course, you can always do the full body massage thing and really kind of and use that whole body, organ, skin thing to your advantage there, hey? 
personally, I can't do that. I'm all, if we can have sex and then like, then do the massage. That's what I'm talking about because I'm taking a nap afterwards. All right. I read an article. I think it was by Cosmo and this chick, she had tried the weed lube and she said that she got super stoned and this and that. And of course, she didn't really do any research into it. So she didn't know that it's because your skin is actually what's being relaxed, creating this this hormonal release within your body. But And then she was like, I ate everything in my house afterwards. I'm like, bitch, I hope that you have great sex and then want to eat and that you don't need weed to do that. I mean, that's the way I get down. I'm like, woo woo. Yeah. Let's safety. I'm going to heat up my new rig with the new quartz banger I got. Woo woo. I'll be right back. And we're going to talk about why my dabs smell like B.O. I'm super excited. I did realize that with my new rig, I can actually go buy one of those quartz e-nails with the little arm on it. Yes, I finally have an e-nail. But it is nice to have the quartz heated and I can bring it over and then ramble a bit and then I have to be like, ah, oh, shit, it's not hot enough. Cheers, guys. Ooh, hitting that golden pineapple and whatever temp this is at really hit the mint in it. Damn. It's like piney spearmint. <coughs> All right. If you see me, if you follow me on the socials, you probably already see me take like a thousand dabs out of that rig. <laughs> yeah, I do like it. But before I got that rig and before I was hitting that delicious golden pineapple that I finally got to re-up on... I was hitting my titanium nail with some other boo-boo ass shit that I had gotten from this dispensary. And they were like, oh, shatter, terpy, blah, blah, blah. And it was a delivery, of course. So when it came by, it was neither shatter nor very terpy, unless the indica one, which, I mean, I'm not an indica girl. I'm a sativa diva. That's why I wanted some terpy sativas. And then, of course, it was a strawberry banana that they suggested I pick for its most terpiness because that's the biggest fad right now. There was no strawberry in that banana. It gunked up my nail. It was gross. I could never find the right temperature. Its flavor was always changing and gross at the same time. But there was one really interesting aspect to it. And that was after I would hit it and I would blow it out and I'd be done with my dap sesh and I'd get up and I'd go to do whatever the fuck I was doing and I'd be like, why the fuck does my apartment smell like B.O.? Was that the dab? And I noticed it was the dab. Every time I had a dab sesh, it would smell like B.O. in my apartment afterwards. Now, the dabs didn't necessarily taste like B.O., but you could clearly tell that it was a B.O. smell in the background. And so I looked into it and there was a great article by this guy on Vice. And he's, his Twitter handle is at Nathan Wrights, I believe. But I'll definitely have a link to the article and his Twitter handle. And I really wish that this guy was on Weedakit because his shit was legit as fuck. He sought out stoners. And he sought out scientists and he was funny as fuck. 
And he basically brought it down to the fact he consulted with scientists and they found that there were 11 different similar components between sweat and cannabis. And that specifically the components would be found in stress sweat. And that's a really, really important fact because what it probably means is that the plants were stressed, that it is a pheromone that is released not just by humans in their sweat, but also by the cannabis plant when it is stressed. And because it wasn't a good harvest, they basically just blasted it, sold it for a deal, and I'm fucking hitting goddamn B.O. smelling weed. Not totally complaining, kind of an armpit freak like that. Because stress sweat is also the same as sex sweat. It's it's science. <laughs> it's sexy. All right, you guys. That's it for now. I got to edit this bitch. I'm already late enough as it is. I'll catch you next time. Ciao for now. Thanks for spliffing it. This is sexy episode 69. Yeah. It's our favorite number in bingo, by the way. Oh, 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 69. Woo, woo. I used to bingo call. <laughs> it was super fun. Not the kind of calls that uh, are normally going to go down in the church hall kind of bingo, by the way. It was in a bar. But I had plenty of grandmas coming on up and telling their dirty jokes. It was amazing. Mm-hmm.